We are back, baby. Do you like that little vocal session? Okay, so we are back, bitch. We took a little, a couple days off. I'm going to explain why. I interviewed somebody from the MCU Marvel Universe last night, and that's going to kickstart this little epi app. But I'm back with you on this. What is it? It's Thursday. And I got a question for you because you know on Cancel Me Baby, we always come in hot. We don't have time to kill. So my question for you is, do you guys ever think about what this is all going to look like, say in like textbooks, like 30, 40, 50 years from now, there are really funny memes out there that show kids absolutely traumatized. Like they've seen the ghost of Christmas past from every chapter, like every month, every week, every hour of 2020. Can you imagine these poor kids are literally going to be in a straitjacket after their first semester? And we're going to be like, bitch, you don't even know. Right. As we like smoke 60 packs of cigarettes. But I really think about it, especially when it comes to like pop culture and our culture and like our state of mind, right? Because we're in it we and and being in it, you know, being an entertainment reporter and always talking about it on the show and still having my foot in it and doing interviews, et cetera. I really wonder number one, how this is all going to play out. And I know so existential off the bat and what it's going to look like in hindsight, however many years from now for these poor souls, they have no idea what is about to hit them. All right. So what made me think about all this is last night I interviewed for Fandango, the director of Black Widow. Her name is Kate Shortland, because as you guys know, I visited the Black Widow set, which feels like 50 fucking years ago, okay? Because the movie was supposed to come out last year, um, but it was pushed because of COVID, right? So this is a big deal, this movie. I mean, this is Scarlett Johansson's. If you guys don't follow the Marvel Universe, don't worry. Buckle up for the ride, because we're going to be talking about a lot of shit today. This is just the kicking off point. So you get ready. So this is a big deal, though, because Scarlett Johansson plays Black Widow. This is her first standalone movie, you know, in this character. It's a big effing deal. And it's the first Marvel movie, not only since COVID, but to be in theaters in like two years. Right. So because I went, you know, to London on the set, doing a little follow up with this lady, had a great Zoom chat with her last night. And it was so interesting to me because like you guys know, I did a whole app on Marvel going woke. Well, going woke, make Marvel broke. Right. And I had a whole thing being like, oh, my God, like, stop it all all the time with like, you know, the virtue signaling this and the message pushing that and all this and all that. Like, we just want an escape. We are so exhausted. Right. We need years to recoup. So I kind of have this in my head going into this interview. And I'm like, this is kind of awkward because how's this going to go? Is it going to be woke? Like, where is she at with things? Right. And let me just say as a sidebar, I feel like I come off really harsh when I talk about this stuff. And I don't like I'm glad that all kinds of people are now being represented in movies, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I think it's great. Like, absolutely. But my problem is when you're shoving messages down our throats every five seconds, I feel like it leaves no room for one to actually pack a punch and make impact. Right. Number one, because we're tired. Number two, because we're expecting it. So got to be a little creative, right? I've said it before, but it's like, if you really want to like make impact, like this ain't it. Okay. So black widow, me and Kate, this is actually hilarious. Oh, and by the way, if you're watching this, yeah, we're in a different setup today. Do you guys like E? 
I like it. My friend let me come here because as you may know, if you watch my Instagram, I'm in the straight up suburbs. And apparently these people aren't happy unless they literally pierce my eardrums, scraping up every rock in my cul-de-sac from now until the end of time. Like every morning I'm like, holy shit, are, are they literally digging into the core of the earth? Right. So lo and behold, this morning's a shooting day and those fuckers were at it at like 730 in the morning. So here we are. Right. But so last night for my Zoom interview, it was actually pretty funny because I was in my parents' office and it's literally like a dungeon, but it's painted like seafoam green. And this direct, she was like, I love it. She was like, you know, my dad, this is like a, a Marvel movie director. Okay. She's seen it all. She's seen it all. And she's ranting and raving about this office. There's literally a water cooler behind me. I was like, we are literally having water cooler chats. So welcome. She's like, you know, my dad had an office that was just that color. You know what? She's like, it kind of looks like a, like, I feel like she wanted to say cupboard. And I was like, yes, it's very Harry Potter chic, you know, welcome to my parents' house. So, you know, that's just what it'll be. Entrepreneur life. Am I right? Okay. So we get into this interview and naturally I'm going to talk about, you know, some of the things that we talk about on this show, like the aforementioned, you know, all these heavy hitting messages in superhero movies, you know, messages about women, because as I've read in Black Widow, you know, there, it seems like they're going to be talking about issues around women, like women having to be a certain way, look a certain way, like Florence Pugh's character is apparently like the rebellious one who's like against the man and doesn't like all that. Apparently also like maybe some themes of like women abuse, et cetera. Okay. So I bring this up to her and here's what she says. I have like totally split feelings. So she says that it was so liberating for her. Cause I say, you know, do you expect anticipate audiences to be talking about these heavy hitting topics coming into the soup, you know, coming into a superhero universe, you know, big blockbuster popcorn movie film. And we've talked about it before, like race, right. And winter soldier, et cetera. Okay. So she says it's really liberating for her. Right. And she says that women's way of dealing with the patriarchy. And she says, um, our injustices that we face in day-to-day life, the way that we deal with it is humor. So she talks about how in the movie they make a lot of jokes, even if it's like about their own bodies, like at the expense of the patriarchy. She basically says in every culture, the little guy, so to speak, is going to be, you know, make jokes and be humorous at the expense of whoever has the power. Right. So, you know me, like in the back of my mind, I hear like patriarchy and I hear injustices and I am literally restraining myself back because I'm like, I literally have to check myself because I'm about to be like, I just, those buzzwords, like I just can't, but I'm also like Taylor, check yourself. Like you're doing this for Fandango, a movie loving family friendly place. Like you are not about to get into the history of the patriarchy or lack thereof with this lady. Right. So, but I'm thinking to myself, I just, it's that, again, it's that mindset that I just don't see holding up. I mean, look at the fact that this movie is being made, right? It's all women and it's women kicking ass. When you check out, if, and when you check out the piece in the, in uh, Fandango, there's an exclusive clip. And it shows like all these women's kind of like what I talked about with Thelma and Louise and she and I talked about Thelma and Louise being an inspiration, right? Like women in a way, we don't really see them like with guns and fighting combat. And she says like, we literally had a goddamn 
army. She said, I took a lot of inspiration from like militia and army movies and all these things. Cause we don't see women like that. Right. So, but I'm thinking to myself, like, right. Like that in and of itself proves that we, the patriarchy doesn't have us under its thumb. Look at this movie. You have women at the forefront, not only behind the screen, but in front and in a an army about to kick your ass hole from here to Oklahoma. That's where it's like, ugh, I can't get behind again. Like the patriarchy, we have so many injustices. It's like, no, women are kicking ass. And this movie is proof of that. Right. But here's what I really liked about what she said. I will say she says that the women are not victims. not only like through their humor, but she says like, you're going to see they've been through some tough shit. They've been through a lot, but she says like, they don't let it steal their joy. They don't let it. They, they own their narrative and they take back that power, whether it be through joking through this, like they're not wallowing in a, in a corner. No, they're grabbing like a machete and they're about to take your ass. Like, that's what I really like. Right. So I was really thinking about it after the fact, because I'm like, you know what? Like I, and you could tell she was so excited about it. I mean, like I said, she said it was so liberating. So I can't, I'm not knocking her. And I really thought about it after the fact, especially, like I said, because I had done a whole episode on Marvel and DC and all these big blockbuster movies going woke and trying to prove a point. And I thought to myself, like, she seems so genuine and so excited. And I kind of was like, you know what? It's, it's the way she sees things and that's okay. I mean, we talked about the generational differences. Uh, remember I was telling you with like Cape, that round table with Cape Blanchett and Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> and Jennifer Lawrence is like not having any shit having to do with like blaming the patriarchy for stuff. So there is that generational difference. I mean, Kate also told me last night that Scarlett Johansson, who, you know, I think is really smart and amazing. I've talked about interviewing her on this set before, and she's so like pointed about what she does, right? She was an executive producer. So she talks about how she had a heavy hand in this. Now that's where it's like, it's, if that's how they feel, that's how they feel. If this is their story to tell, that's their story to tell. But it's interesting too, because I kind of asked her, like, I feel like she is aware on some level of the, the fact that, like I said, the semi-woke Marvel app, that we are in a really heavy time and we're exhausted and we can't take it anymore because I said to her, you know, I almost, and I agreed. I said, you know, if you do want to get a message through these days, I almost feel like you have to do it like with heart and with humor because we're getting railed with shit all day long. We're literally going certifiable and we're about to check our own asses in. Right. And she says, she kind of says like, yeah, you know, like this has a lot of heart, a lot of humor, and it sort of lifts you out of whatever grittiness or darkness there may be. She says that Kevin Feige, who is the head of Marvel, she made like a clear point when I brought this up to say that he wants different stories, right? Which we know what she's talking about. She's talking about bringing in women, people of color, people of all sorts, snowflake, whatever the F it's called. Remember I told you the, well, this is more the comic books, not the not the movies but in the comic books how they literally made a character like snowflake in safe space like that's that's a lot for me but i thought about it right and i'm like okay because i said in my marvel app like you guys are doing a lot even okay i don't know if you guys saw this but i saw an article that i think they're doing a spinoff of the thor villain uh loki i think his name is and already in the trailer or something it's saying he's fluid because there was a shot 
where it shows like his file and it's like sexuality fluid. And this is what I mean. It's like, oh my God, you guys are like plugging away to make sure you get everything in there. And like, like I said earlier, is it actually going to get through to us in an impactful way? That means something, right? So she makes a point to say like, people don't want to see you know, the run of the mill, you know, Tony Stark or this guy or that guy who, you know, Clark Kent, who is, you know, an average guy or this or that and becomes, you know, we're bored of that, you know, and becomes a superhero. Like we've seen it. Right. And, but this is, what's interesting to me is she says, she's like, not only does Kevin Feige like think that, but she's like, this is what people want. And it really had me thinking, you know, I was reflecting on it and I'm like, huh, is it like, I, at some point, you know, I agree. It's like, how many movies can we have this man? Like I said, get mad and turn into a big green ogre or, you know, be the playboy who, you know, finds his heart at the end of the day. It's kind of like, all right, like I get it. If it's like different versions of ABC, like we're kind of over it. Right. But at the same time, when it's too much, it's too much. And I really, it got me thinking because it seems, and again, I was thinking too in the back of my head, like, I don't know how much, I mean, this is Hollywood we're talking about, right? They're so in their own little bubble. And part of me was thinking like, do, does she and Kevin Feige and all these people actually believe this? Or do they think it's like these buzzy words that they're obligated to say, you know, I don't know. I'm not in their heads, but she really made it clear and conveyed the fact that they realize that people want, you know, different and more hard hitting and all this. And they're like really committed to delivering that. And I got to thinking, you know, is, is that what the audience really wants? I mean, you guys tell me, cause like I said, I agree. It can't be the same thing over and over every time, but I feel like there's a sweet spot, right? We don't want to see the same thing over and over every time, but like when it becomes too much, that's, we don't want that either. So maybe there's a sweet spot in between, but it really got me wondering. Right. And, it, and on the whole, and especially after talking to her and I want to try to get her on the show. Cause I want to get into the stuff with her even more because she was like, so game. She was so great. And she was just like going for it. I'm telling you. And like I said, I had to like hold myself back from being like, the patriarchy. Let's talk about that. Oh, sorry. There's my grandma nude bra. bra. Okay. Get over it. I got excited. Okay. So this really got me thinking in general, right? Like not only in pop culture, but like in society, like, is this where we are now? Is this where we are now where everything is sort of heavy for lack of a better word? Like, is this just what it's going to be? You know, I talk about it a lot on the show, how I miss the days of like raunchy comedies, like, you know, Animal House and American Pie. And I was thinking to myself the other day, I was like, I wonder if my listeners are going to think that I'm like living in the past, like Marty McFly, because maybe it's just not what, where we are right now. Maybe I like, maybe I'm nostalgic and holding on to the past. I don't know. Maybe we're just like past that threshold. And it's just the reality of like, what's around us, right? Like too much. It's like the genie's been let out of the bottle, you know, Christina Aguilera style. Like we've seen too much, too much has happened. And is there a way, you know, do we revert back and how, or emerge in a different way? Or is it just going to be this trail of like the good, the bad and the ugly, but minus the good, you know, just depressing and heavy and hardcore. 
I actually saw last week Cruella. I don't know if you guys saw it, right? But Cruella was actually like kind of dark, literally and figuratively for a Disney movie. Like it's literally like dark, but it's also dark. You know what I mean? Like, I think she's got a little bipolar something going on. Like there, this death, like Disney is known for killing off a parent. Sorry, spoiler. In the beginning of the, like literally within the first five seconds of the credits, this death, I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is some like Shutter Island, like, uh, I don't know. This is some hardcore Green Mile shit going on. Like what is happening? And I went with my mom, right? And I wanted to see Spirit Untamed, the animated DreamWorks horse movie. I'm not shitting you. I was I was going with my mom and I was like, mom, can we just go see the horse movie? Because I don't even think I can take Corello right now. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I am in such a fragile state of mind, which I'm going to get to. I'm putting it off. Okay. Because vulnerability is my arch nemesis, but I'm going to get to that, you know, mental state of being. But this is like where I'm at right now. And I feel like where a lot of you guys are at too. I'm like, oh my God, I just want to watch a horse prance around in a family friendly, you know, uplifting movie of feel good movie of the ages. And that like says something I'm like, I'm 30 years old, legit didn't even know if I could handle handle Cruella. And my mom was like, listen, bitch, saddle up. We're seeing Cruella. Okay. You can see spirit untamed on your own time. But really, I'm just saying like, is this where we are? And, and guess what? Here's the thing. It is where we are. Okay. We have so many celebrities, like unlikely celebrities talking about their mental health and I'm all for it. And I'm going to explain why, but it's like, damn, dude, that's an indicator right there. Right. Because at the end of the day, pop culture is like our escape. It's entertainment. It's what's fun. Right. And it's like, it's like doomsday up in this bitch. I'm going to be honest. So here's the thing. And again, I don't, I don't think it's just pop culture. I think it's reflecting like the state of where we're at. So Kendall Jenner, I don't know if you guys saw this. She has this new Vogue digital series and it's called open-minded and they're about 10 minute little like interstitials. Right. And she sits down and every single one opens up about her own anxiety and talks to therapists about her anxiety. Now let's take a minute to just think about this because this is like the most unlikely person. Number one, like Kendall Jenner, who, and I'm not knocking it, but is like a gorgeous supermodel got famous, like with her family for being beautiful and like airing their lives out on TV and being so rich and so privileged. And I'm not saying she even says that straight up. She's like, I know I have all these things, but it doesn't take away, you know, from my mental health, which I can imagine. I bet that shit only fuels her demons. (laughs) Okay. So that's number one, like who would have thought? And also sidebar Kim Kardashian being this like criminal justice reform hero. It's like, This is the state of the world for better or worse. I mean, I think it's great. And you guys know, I always say like, don't limit yourselves, especially women. Like I love the fact, you know, I have mixed feelings about the Kardashian as I think so many people do, but I love the fact that Kim will literally show us a crevice of her asshole on Instagram. And then the next day she's getting prisoners out of their cell blocks, right? You see her on the show. She's like studying for the bar, all this. Like, I love that. Like, don't limit yourself, right? But it's like, who would have thought the most like frivolous, superficial privileged family would be like doing these things. Okay. So Kendall Jenner and her 
series. Now I have to say, I watched all of them. I binged them the other night and I was like, thank God, because I myself, okay. I hate this part. I'm sweating. I hate being vulnerable. I'm telling you I'm scared. Okay. I have anxiety myself. I mean, I've talked about it a little bit on the show, but like a lot of the things she was saying, I was like, Oh uh, yes. And the reason that I bring it up to you today is because I feel like as we transition out of this pandemic, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. It's like, why don't I always feel like, why don't more people talk about this? Right. And so that's why I'm talking about it today to you, because even seeing Kendall Jenner, she's like in these videos, she's so polished and like gorgeous. And you're thinking to yourself, like, oh my God, the fact that someone like this who has everything is so, um, like suffers through so much inside. And there's so many things she says that I was like, yes, yes. Like she talks about anticipatory anxiety, which I have that a lot of the time. And she talks about how like for her, it's public speaking. So if she knows she has a speech or something, she's like, I will literally ruminate on that shit 24 seven until it actually happens. I'm the exact same way. I will like play out every scenario that could go wrong. I, in the last like couple of years I've developed, I'll have insomnia. I'll have stint like little uh, moments. It could go for like, uh, I don't know, upwards of like a week or two where I literally won't sleep all night. <laughs> like this shit came out in my mid twenties, which like adulthood, you know, you gotta love it. But even like for me specifically, for whatever reason, it started happening when I travel. So like when I go on these set visits, it's like, if I know I have a big thing, I like won't, I literally will pull an all nighter. Like I won't sleep. Right. That's like straight up anxiety, especially these days too. Like you guys, I know I like, we have a good time here. I shake the tits, shake the dicks, but like, I have had some really dark days, especially not knowing like everything unraveling, being so isolated. I'm a person who like literally needs to be like humping someone's ear every five seconds of a day, like around people, not sexually, cause you know, I'm approved, but like around people all the time, it's what helps me thrive. So between the isolation, not knowing where the F my life is going, literally sometimes I'm like, am I ruining my life? Just like telling, saying how I feel on this show and burning every bridge. Honestly, I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea. So I can completely relate to what she's saying. And I mean, she talks about even having it. Like she talks about having thank God willing. I've never experienced this, but she talks about like having panic attacks, not being able to get out of bed, you know, all these kind of things. And she even says at one point that, you know, people will throw around anxiety. Like they'll be like, Oh my God, this test is giving me so anxiety, so much anxiety. Or like this traffic is giving me so much anxiety. And for her, someone who experiences it, she's like, Hmm. Okay. But, but like knowing what it actually is, that's, I feel the exact same way. And again, I'm saying this to you because for me, it's so like refreshing and relieving, honestly, because it feels like you're not alone. I get so many people who like come out of the woodwork who are like, Oh my God, you're interviewing celebrities. Like you're crushing it. You're this, you're that. And I'm like, I'm flattered, but I'm like, brah, I just spent the last three days sobbing because I don't even know where the fuck my life is going. Right. So I just help. I hope it makes some of you guys feel less alone because it's scary for me. I hate it. Like you can tell I'm literally like sweating a tsunami, but I hope it's worth it because you're not alone. You know, even recently, I don't know if you guys saw this and this is what I mean with the most unlikely of people, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to pop it up on the screen here, posted on his Instagram about always dealing with anxiety, like overthinking things and 
you know, all of that. He's like my lifelong pal anxiety. And again, it's like Ryan Reynolds, like the most like gorgeous, talented, has the beautiful wife, like this career, like everything. He is like all of our wet dreams, girls and some some of your gays, right? So that is like, so, so this is what I mean. It's like the most, even like take the fact that going back to Kendall Jenner, that it's on Vogue. I'm thinking to myself, like the day I would ever think I'd see Vogue do this like hard hitting shit on mental health. Right. But again, that's where they're at. That's where we're at. So this got me all to thinking right about where we are anxiety, like the state of affairs it is bleak and how like now I feel like it's heightened, right? Because it's like everyone, it's like this weird thing. Cause I feel like everyone, then I get it. It's exciting that COVID's like quote unquote over, but it's, it's weird because it's like this juxtaposition of like all the residual feelings we have of like our lives being destroyed. If yours was, and then people being like back to normal. Okay. Like here I am flashing my titties in Cabo. And you're like, wait, what? Like, it feel like it happened overnight. Now, let me share this stat with you. Okay. Uh, so first of all, I was reading not to be depressing. We're going to get into the sex talk in a sec. So hold on to your, uh, pasties. So I was reading that PTSD could ha- come out from this like years after we don't even know like this shit because it, it's traumatizing, right? Traumatizing. Thank you, Fauci. Okay. This could show up. We don't even know. And then on top of that, this is from the CDC. Okay. So between last August and this February, a couple months ago, the percentage of adults with symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder raised to 41.5%. That's almost one half of people experiencing anxiety or depression. And get this, the increases were largest ages 18 to 29. That shit is bleak. Let that sink in. Almost literally half, literally half of people in their late teens, early 20s, God only knows going into adulthood, right? Which I'm going to get into now. So I think a lot about how is this going to impact us, like getting back into society? Because part of me feels like, and I want to know, like, because I know I have listeners like in Canada, what has it been like for you guys or in Greece? What has it been like for you guys, right? Because I feel like, we've had this whole thing, but then we see people like in some places of the world, like literally in belly flopping conventions, like in stadiums. And it's just like, wait, what? Then I'm hearing from my viewers in Canada that they're getting ticketed for shaking someone's hand. Like, it's so crazy. So I feel like number one, it scares me like interpersonally, how we're even going to be because for I'm getting to the sex in a minute, but like, are we even going to know, like, are we going to be robots? I really feel like this has messed us up. No joke. Cause we're so used to being isolated. I have been to a couple gatherings, like showers and this and that. And I can tell you, like, I'm a very, um, empathic person. I can tell like people are awkward. And I've heard this from people who have gone to such gatherings that like, even if there's a break in conversation, you'll notice like the first thing someone does is like, look at their phone. Right. Cause they can't even stand the silence. Okay. And so it really makes me think like, are we just going to be robots? Are we going to be awkward? Like, are we going to feel uncomfortable? And I also feel like there's two kinds of like anxiety coming out of this. This is not the camp I fall in, but the anxiety of like being back with people and the whole thing of being afraid of getting COVID and germs, etc. Like I was reading this piece. I'm going to get to the sex in a sec. <laughs> oh, pun. But when like, 
these, this article with like these 30 somethings being like, you know, I've been vaccinated and I'm still petrified to like be near someone or have human contact and have sex, like shit like that. Okay. So that's number one. And the number two is like kind of the camp I fall in, which is like things quote unquote, like a new normal opening up and me being like picking up the pieces of life falling apart and being like, Oh, I'm trying to keep up and being like, I don't know what's next or how or when, and what if I fall behind? Right. It's petrifying. Okay. So about the sex. Okay. I took a poll. I also took a, I pulled you, I pulled you fuckers. Right. Cause I wanted to see where you were at with all this. So here's the T I asked how many of you were feeling post pandemic anxiety or stress? 69% of you said yes. Most of which were women. So like case in point, you know, we're crazy bitches, but you love us. And by the way, after airing out some of my anxiety, this is like the tip of the iceberg, by the way, I'm not going to get into like the nitty gritty because I'm already like shaking of what I told you thus far. Um, but like, do you still want to date me? I'm still a fun time. Okay. You know, it just like keeps you on your toes. And then I asked how many of you are sex deprived, which with, with what I'm about to tell you, I feel like you all are fake news because 58% of you said no complaints and that you were fine. Well, guess what? You're fake news. Number one, but number two, like I did do a deep dive on this because I'm starting to, I'm like, am I okay? I had two sex dreams in a row one night with Bobby Flay after attending like 15 minutes of a virtual Q&A cooking session with him and Giada for Variety Magazine, okay? Immediate sex stream the night after that Brad Pitt. So am I okay? And I did a deep dive on the internet and it so many articles talked about, look at this one in the cut. This is just from March of this year. The sexless year. Finally, the singles and the partnered have something in common because it talks about how like no one's having sex. Singles for obvious reasons, right? Number one, feeling awkward. Number two, being isolated and couples because they're fucking with each other all day long, staring at each other. The last thing they want to do is penetrate each other because they're so fucking over the other one. They just can't. Okay. So, and get a load of this. You're going to laugh. How to have sex, how to have sex. This is how like messed up we are. Was the most Googled sex question in 2020 with over 1 million searches. So let that sink in. Okay. So this is like what makes me think it's like, will we ever fully go back to where we were and think about like these kids, right? How they're conditioned with this, how we're going to be, you know, my guess is like, you know, I don't know. I'm torn. Maybe it's like in our nature to bounce back, but seriously, I feel like this has really messed us up in a lot of ways. So I don't know if, and when, and how part of me thinks it'll never quite be the same. Not to mention everyone's afraid to talk to each other because God forbid they say the wrong thing, you know, or scratch their nose the wrong way and they'll be canceled. That's a whole other layer that, you know, how I feel about that. Right. Walking on eggshells 24 seven, but it's this aspect of it too. And part of me is like, I think that we will, but I don't know, man, I want to know what you guys think and how you're feeling. Cause I could see it going both ways. And if it does ever go back to normal, that shit's going to take a hot minute. Okay. So this last me lastly got me to thinking like in pop culture at large, is it ever going to like swing back and how, like I talk about earlier, you know, like raunchy comedies and this and that, or is it always going to be, you know, a thesis on why even bother living from brought to you by DC comics? It's like, I don't, you know, I don't know. So I did, because of this, I was thinking about all this. I did a little research on art after the great depression, right? And the great depression, very similar. I mean, like from what I, you know, 
50% unemployment rate, people losing their houses, their jobs, like now social turmoil, people like not being unified, uh, distrust in one another, you name it, bitch, we're living it. Okay. So here's the thing about the great depression and art. Cause I was like wondering, I'm like, what is the art that emerged from the great depression and what's going to happen now? Or is it going to continue to be bleaky McBleakyville? So During the Great Depression, movie going experience went down 56%, right? Because people couldn't afford it, number one. And number two, because the movies were reflecting what was going on. It was too real. And this is what I mean about like social warriors taking over the big screen. Too real, right? We need an escape. And in fact, what's funny is like audiences at that time actually cheered on like the rebels and the gangsters who like were the anti-hero because they were like going up against the system. Right. So that's something interesting to keep in mind. And this is also what's funny is that what emerged from the great depression. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but is the not only romantic comedies. Oh, we love it. Like I can recite to you made in Manhattan, how to lose a guy in 10 days, the holiday, you name it, bitch. I'll do it till I'm blue in the face. Okay. Romantic comedies and the screwball comedy screwball comedies, like flipped romantic comedies on their heads, had the guy acting like the girl and vice versa. Right. Often like made fun of the elite, et cetera. Okay. So this, like, what does that tell us? What does that tell us that these types of art emerged? Now it's also worth noting that in the thirties on the heels of the great depression, Roosevelt gave millions of dollars. I don't know if you guys have heard of this for the, um, oh fuck, I'm running out of time. That's fine. We'll just keep rolling really quick. Um, I clearly have self-control. It was called the new deal. Okay. And he gave millions of dollars to help artists, to fund them, to create art, to create like theater and paintings. I mean, what was most famous from this era were murals. I'm going to pop one up right now. And they're still all around the country. They'd be in like post offices, right? Things like that. Because he thought that art would be able in a time of such divide and despair, ring a bell, would actually like be able to allow people to come together and be like, oh, this makes me feel something. I relate. Yes. And unify people. And he would give money. Like I have a list here, writers, actors, artists, musicians. Um, he wanted to, you know, posters, plays, photography, uh, you know, there'd be photographers. There's that famous shot, right. Who would go around and capture American life, like things people would see and really gather and like rally behind and relate to, he gave them like, what would be almost like $900, a thousand dollars a week now, um, And so can you imagine how great that would be now? Like I was thinking about it and like, not that they like would ever because their priorities are so heebie-jeebie. I like, I just made up that word, I think, but it's like their priorities are so ass backwards, but really think about that. I mean, this is how much art and pop culture, so to speak, brings us together and makes us feel something. So uh, this whole journey from the Black Widow director, I mean, let's see how it goes. I haven't seen it. So I don't know how heavy or how hard hitting it'll be. Um, I know they are going to kick ass though and deliver the action. So I'll say that. Um, But it really got me thinking, right? So from the Marvels and the Black Widows to like the Vogue's and Kendall Jenner's, right? To, To how we operate in real life with one another. It really got me thinking about all of this art that we're, we've been talking about on this show that we're seeing come out, that we're going to be seeing come out you know, is this art creating more hostility, more divide, putting people more on edge, or is it actually bringing us together? 
Like what was the goal during that art after the great depression, right? Something people could rally behind and like feel something and have an experience of together. I'll just say for the lack of our goddamn sanities and, you know, a little glimmer of hope and, and laughing for once in this lifetime, this century, I hope to bring it back to the textbook question earlier when we first started this off. I hope that one day we'll look back and our textbooks will reflect amazing, moving, funny art that actually accomplishes bringing some levity and for the love of God, bringing us together, together forever. That's something for you guys to think about. And by the way, next week, we're having the sausage best male panel. Tell all do not. You're not going to want to miss this one. Okay. Some of them have been on the show. One is a viewer. Who's, who I actually haven't even met in person. And we're going to be talking about like real issues. I always talk about wanting to get men in on the fold. So we're going to walk the walk and do it. You're not going to want to miss that one. And I hope that your sausages are ready because it's going to be amazing. Okay, guys, I'll see you next week.